أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله بعد الله فضل We've reached this Mubarak hour again in the Mubarak house of Allah Ta'ala. And we would not have been guided to it had not Allah guided us. Allah Ta'ala says in his book, Remind, because the reminder benefits the believers. So there is... Something worth remembering, it's a great treasure and it's hidden in plain view, which is the importance of dua. This is an abstraction of a point that I made in last week's khutbah for those of you who are here, which is what is the point of dua in the first place? Is the point of dua a performance that we do for other people? Is the point of the dua that we make to Allah Ta'ala uh, a political statement is the point of du'a a social statement what is the point of making du'a and this is something that all of us will benefit from remembering why because these ritual obligations and ritual performances of the deen oftentimes many of us have been doing them from such a young age that they just become habits we kind of go through the motions we take them for granted. We don't understand how they work or why they work, but because of our familiarity with them, we allow the familiarity with the act to be a hijab, to be like a barrier between us and that act, and between us and understanding that act. Whereas dua is actually a great tool for the believer. It's a great help for the believer. Internally, externally, it's a great gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the believer. Allah Ta'ala commands the people to make dua. Allah Ta'ala commands the people to make dua so many times in his book. When, and when your Lord said, call upon me so that I may answer you. It's a commandment. Allah Ta'ala said in his book to the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِي فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ Ya Muhammad alayka salatu wassalam When my slaves ask you about me, tell them, indeed I'm close, I'm near at hand. And I answer the call of the person who calls upon me when he calls upon me. So let them call upon me. And let them believe in me so that they can be guided. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Dua mukhul ibadah. In the common language of the Arabs nowadays, the word mukh means head, skull. But in classical Arabic, if you look it up in the dictionaries, the meaning of mukh is a little bit different. Mukh is the hollow space inside of a bone. You know where the, the bones are hollow, they're not solid. It's not solid bone through. If you saw a bone or cut it open, you'll see that there's a hollow space in the middle. Marrow and things like that are inside the middle. So the hollow space in the middle of a bone is called its mukh. 
That dua is to ibadah. Supplication is to worship like the mukh is to the bone. Meaning what? It's central to it. It's a core, it's a core constituent that ibadah, that worship is made up of. That you recognize you need something and Allah is the only one who can give it to you. So you ask Him. And this is one of the unique things about Allah Ta'ala that make Him qualitatively unlike the creation. Which is anyone from the creation, the more you ask, the more you seek, the more you ask, the more you ask, the more you ask, the more the creation will hate you. Doesn't matter who it is. Your parents, your mother loves you. If you ask her too many times, you're going to get the slipper. You ask your father too many times, he's going to have a talk with you. You should probably move out and get a job. You ask the government too many times, your budget is going to get cut. You ask your boss too many times, you're going to get fired. You ask your spouse too many times, all sorts of crazy things can happen. All sorts of crazy things can happen. Anyone from the creation, and those are the people who love you. Imagine the people who don't. At least one would hope they love you, right? Uh, imagine those who don't. Whereas with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands you to ask Him. And the more you ask Allah ta'ala, the more He loves you. And this is a sign of Imam that a person asks for more from Allah ta'ala. The one who asks for a billion is more righteous than the one who asks for a million. The one who asks for a trillion is more righteous than the one who asks for a billion. If you knew who Allah was, you would understand that more and less are all the same. The more you ask, the more you'll get. And the Rasul tells us that all prayers, all du'as are answered. They're all answered. All of them are accepted. Someone said, well, I asked for a trillion dollars all the time. I never saw it. They're answered in one of three ways. One is you either get what you want, what you ask for, I should say. Or the second is that a calamity of equal magnitude will be warded off from your head, which is also great. Okay, you didn't get a billion dollars, but you also didn't lose a billion dollars. Ask an accountant. That's just as good as getting a billion dollars, right? Or on the day of judgment, all of it will be sitting there waiting for you. If you don't get it in this world, all of it will sit, sit there waiting for you. I'll be honest with you. Someone gave me a billion dollars today. I'll probably be a different person. I probably won't be as nice as I am right now. And I'm not very nice already, right? I'll probably be, treat people differently and deal with people differently. And that change is probably not a good change. So in some sense, maybe it's a blessing for me that Allah doesn't give it to me here where I can screw up all my relationship with my family and with the masjid and with the community and with this and with that and mouth off for the rest of my life. Maybe it's better I get it over there because I get it and it lasts forever. It's better in the hereafter and it lasts forever. And it lasts forever. So don't say, why did Allah Ta'ala not give me? He already promised He's going to give you. The only loser is not the one who didn't get in this world. The only loser is the one who didn't ask. And if you then go back to all of the acts of worship, to all of the acts of worship, you're saying La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah is described in the book of Allah Ta'ala as an ahd. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Ali Imran, those people who sell their ahd with Allah Ta'ala and their Amen. Their oaths that they take. Wishing for a little bit of material benefit in this life by selling it. 
Those people are the ones, la khalaqa lahum. They have no khalaq in the akhirah. Khalaq means what? Nasib. They have no portion of the akhirah. No portion of the akhirah whatsoever. Allah Ta'ala will not give them anything on the day of judgment. If you look, what's the tafsir? Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, tarjuman al-Qur'an, who is the source of the science of tafsir itself. He says that the ahad with Allah Ta'ala, what is an ahad? It's like a, an agreement, right? Like a business transaction. The ahad with Allah Ta'ala is what? Is when you say, la ilaha illallah. You say, why? Because you expect something out of the bargain, right? Allah Ta'ala doesn't have to give it to you, but he offered it to you out of his generosity. So you say, yeah, I'll take that bargain. And you expect something. You said, okay, I'm gonna, you, offered the, you offered it to me. No one forced you to offer. That's, we praise you for that. Now that you made the offer, though, we would hope that if we do what he asks us, that he'll also give us something in exchange. The Salat itself, you're seeking something out of the Salat. One of the principal, the pillars on which the Salat rests is what? It's the Fatiha. Guide us to the right path. Guidance is important. Anything you want, you're not going to get without guidance. A person says, yeah, I wouldn't be a Muslim without guidance. Forget about not being a Muslim. You wouldn't be able to make it to the bathroom if you had to use the bathroom if Allah Ta'ala didn't guide you. You wouldn't open your eyes and see if Allah Ta'ala didn't guide that light to the right part of the brain. Without guidance, you would have been completely lost. And I would have been completely lost. And then from there, the du'as unfold of the salat. The du'as of the salat unfold, and there are many more. But this is the pillar of the salat. Right? Man qama Ramadana, when sana Ramadana imanun wahtisaban. That you fast in Ramadan, one of the signs of the fast that's going to result in you being forgiven is that you fast in faith and in hope for reward, that you're getting something back out of it. The hajj itself, the hajj itself, what are you, what's the sunnah while you're making tawaf? What's the sunnah while you're making sa'i between Safa and Marwa? Is there anything, anything, to, any like Quran that you're supposed to read? What is it? Dhikr? No. The sunnah is what? That a person should make dua that entire time. You stop between the jamarat and you make dua. The Rasul stopped between the first and the second and the second and third and he made dua for so long that it, it, it's like the amount of time it would take to read Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Imran. It's a lot of dua. This is really important, right? Du'as, to us, what are they? They're what we learned as kids oftentimes. Okay, when you open, you go to the bathroom, this is what you say. When you eat, this is what you say. And when you do this, this is what you say. When you do that, this is what you say. Which is true. It's not objectively incorrect. But the idea is that it's something you're communicating between you and Allah Ta'ala. The Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's a great favor that he showed us, that he taught us du'as. Why? Because it gives you a, a, an idea of what was he thinking when something was happening. And so that's why we say the best du'as are the ones from the Qur'an and from the sunnah of the Prophet But this doesn't mean that you also shouldn't make your own du'a. Because every heart, it's like a water faucet. You turn it on and it will just keep pouring, it will keep pouring. You should open that water faucet from time to time. It, all that water sits inside of your heart. You can't tell anybody. They say, oh, you know, we shouldn't keep our feelings pent up inside and we should share with other people. Okay, yeah, I agree. But at the end of the day, you know nobody cares. At the end of the day, you and I know nobody cares. 
One people, one, you know, even the, the therapist who's helping you through your problems, if you tell them, hey, can you help me pay my rent? I'm sorry, your 45-minute your hour is over. You can leave now. And if you don't pay for the next session, you're not coming back. You and me know nobody cares. This is truth. It's not nice to say we shouldn't repeat it often because we become misanthropic. We start to hate other people, which is not a good thing at all. They have problems also like we have problems. The reason they don't care is not because they hate you. Some of them do, but m most of them. It's not because they hate you. It's because they have problems. How are they going to be able to help you? They themselves need help. The only one who can help you is Allah Ta'ala. You have to let it go. If you leave that water inside, if you tell other people they're going to hate you for it, they don't care, they're just going to blow you off eventually, no matter how much they listen to. They won't, they won't be able to help you even if they wanted to. And that will lead to frustration. The only one who could help you, the only one who could help me, Allah Ta'ala. The only one who can help you, the only one who can help me is Allah Ta'ala. So let the water out of your heart. This is also an, a, a, a type of dhikr that a person should do. Which is what? Sit, nobody else is there. If things distract you, put your phone in the next room. Turn the lights out if things visually distract you. Sit alone. Set your timer for five minutes. On your phone. Everyone has their timer on their phone, right? Set it for five minutes. Make dua. At first you won't know what to do. But what happens, what is it, all that rust inside the pipes, inside the heart, right? It's blocking it up and so it'll be a drip at once. Once you let it flow, it will push all of the, it will push all the rust out. You will quickly get to the point where you can make dua for 40 minutes, for an hour, for two hours, and you won't even know where the time went. People ask me so many times, Shaykh, how is it that I can cry in front of Allah Ta'ala? A tear doesn't come from my eye. I remember I myself went and asked the Imam of our masjid when I was in college the same question <coughs> trust me everyone has so much to cry about some of us more than others but even the least of us all of us have something to cry about okay. if you can't cry from the remembrance of Allah cry from the remembrance of the pitifulness of your own state and my state share that humiliation and humility that you have in front of Allah Ta'ala with the only one who could have done anything for you and a couple of things will happen a you'll feel better just because you could share with somebody who's not going to slap your face with it or turn their back on you the second is what? Allah Ta'ala is the one, He writes the decree, nobody else writes the decree. If you say, well, this is religion, like Karl Marx, you know, to become a big sheikh, mashallah, for a lot of the Muslim world now, even though some people don't like to admit it. So religion is the opiate of the masses, right? Big mullahs with big beards and turbans have put the ummah to sleep by telling them that they should just make dua and uh, not do anything. I'm not saying don't do anything. The difference between the Kafir and the Muslim is not that the Muslim doesn't participate in things in the world. We live in a world of asbab, of causes and effects that Allah Ta'ala made for us. The Muslim vies with that system and the Kafir vies with the system. The difference is what? Allah feeds everybody. What does that mean? My mercy expands over all things and contains all things. It means that the mercy of Allah touches every single person in this world. Allah Ta'ala says that in the hereafter, it's only for the people of belief. It's only for the people of belief. That in this world, the believer and the kafir, they put their hand forward and vie with the world in order to feed themselves, feed their families, to put clothes on their back, to put a roof over their head, in order to do things that make them happy, in order to better themselves. 
The difference is not that one puts their hand in and the other doesn't. Both of them put their hand into the, into the, into the system. The difference is that when we receive something, we realize it's still a gift from Allah. You didn't create the matter from nothing by saying kun fayakun, the air that you breathe and the water that you drink. The, the crops that you grew, it's not like you sat down putting nucleotides together and like genetically engineered the plants that you're growing and the animals that you milk and that you eat the meat of using matter that you made from scratch. It's all a gift from Allah Ta'ala. Even the effort we put in is very little. Whereas the kafir gives himself a pat on the back and says, oh, look how smart I am, look how smart I am. And is not, is not grateful to Allah Ta'ala for the gifts he's given. You ask Allah Ta'ala, he'll make it happen against all odds. Fir'aun had a huge army. Banu Israel were all slaves. They fought with each other. They were a disorderly group of people. Sometimes we think about ourselves and we see ourselves in that same state, right? That we're slaves to another home and we're a disorderly group of people. Still, the hosts of Fir'aun that outnumbered them had them pinned against the, the, the ocean to the point where the, the, the Iman was shaken even of the people next to Sayyidina Musa السلام, who saw all these miracles already happen. Inna la mudrakun. What did Sayyidina Musa Kalla, inna ma'ya rabbi, sayyahdeen. Never. My Lord is with me, he'll show me a way out of this path. Now tell me, do people uh, 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 name their children after the Fara'ina or do they name their children after Sayyidina Musa and Sayyidina Harun alayhi salam? Allah Ta'ala will show a path through it. This is the result of what? This is the result of your du'as, this is the result of my du'as. And Allah will give it to you in a way that doesn't make you the person who has such wealth that makes you into a rebellious person. He'll give you what you need, when you need it, as you need it. And the choice of Allah Ta'ala is better for us and more beloved to us than our choice for ourselves. So this is important that when you sit and you make dua, this is one of the reasons the ulama they mentioned that it's, it's, it's haram in some cases is kufr. To make dua for something that's haram. Ya Allah, to, to say the words of kufr, to illustrate something is not itself kufr. We shouldn't say these things lightly, but if someone were to, for example, say, Ya Allah, give me pork to eat, or let me commit zina with such and such person, or let me steal the wealth of such and such person, or let me get away with this and that crime. Why is it considered kufr? It's disrespect. Allah Ta'ala already gave you like a huge universe of things that you can have, all of which are beautiful. And he forbade you from very few things. He forbade you from very few things. And he said, as much as you ask of me, this is how much you show me that you're my slave, this is how much I'm going to give you and I'll give you more even on top of that than what you ask. If the point of the dua is to show your slavehood to Allah Ta'ala, then is asking for those things he told you not to want that you know is not good for you and it's not good for another person. Is this, a, is this a good thing? Imagine everybody likes something or another, like everybody is, desires something that may be haram, illa mansha'Allah. If you're one of the people who doesn't, you should make dua for me too, mashallah, the pious guy. For the rest of us, it's normal. These things happen sometimes from time to time. These thoughts pass through the heart. Sometimes they're more deeply rooted than we would like. Even if you resist it, if you dislike the fact that this condition is there in the heart, this is also a good deed. You'll also be rewarded for it, in fact. 
But it's, you don't spread your hands in front of the Lord and ask him for the thing he told you that you're not supposed to ask for. Why? It's not a, an act of worship. And on the flip side, what is it? Everything else. There's so many, so few things that are haram. And so many things that are jayas. Allah Ta'ala literally made a, a jannah for us that we ask for what we want and it's created just for us by Him. And Allah gave us this dunya that we can make all sorts of wonderful things. Look at our civilization, what are the beautiful things it's made. Look at the architecture, look at the fountains, look at the books people wrote, look at the poetry people wrote, look at the knowledge, look at the arts, look at all of these things, mashallah. Even in this world, Allah gave us to make what we wanted. We just don't ask and we don't seek those things that are what? That are prescribed. Why? Because this dua is a, an act of worship. Allah is pleased with you when you perform it in a way that you're the slave and He is the Lord. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. May Allah ta'ala accept from all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the best of this world and the hereafter. May Allah give us according to what He knows is best for us. May Allah ta'ala give us all the good things that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked for and protect us from all those evil things that He asked for protection from. And whatever we ask that we shouldn't have asked for, may Allah ta'ala forgive us and guide us to ask for something better. وصلى الله تعالى على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين